welcome back. I'm so excited for today's episode. Like, so excited. I think we're always excited for every episode. It, it pretty much is. Like, every like... single time we get someone on, I'm like, I'm so excited. <laughs> you just... They're, they're all exciting. Let's just leave it at that. There's... I think this one's got a little little more piqued my interest because I had so many questions for it so today um, we have Anthony on and if you haven't figured out by the title uh, we are talking about animal rehabilitation so Anthony um, he was a PTA first um, and then he kind of went into this canine rehab Uh, he's gonna explain it so much better than we can right now in this intro uh, one thing that he did want us to mention was a lot of this is off his experiences, kind of the programs he went to. And if you want to dabble into this field and kind of learn more about it, to always look at your state laws and your practice acts and everything. But as you'll see going into the interview, it's kind of, uh, I don't want to say like gray area, but things There's aren't very specific. <laughs> you'll see, you'll see. It, it's definitely interesting. It's it, We had a lot of questions and a lot of them took me by surprise too. I was kind of, I was actually kind of surprised how much regulation there was on my end. I was actually a little surprised by that. So like we said, Anthony currently is a PTA. He's still licensed and everything. He owns his own animal rehabilitation center. Um, he has been working for several years as a PTA with humans and animals, and he's currently going and getting, I forgot the certificate off the top of my head, but he mentions it in this episode, um, but he's also going or to the be next. getting some, huh? I said, or the next, this is a part one, oh, yeah. part, part, yes, <laughs> um, so, you forgot to mention that, there's multiple parts to this, so, well, let's go ahead and let's just, uh, dive into it, and, get barking let's do it you're listening to the pt assistance podcast with your hosts ken and laura thanks for joining for another exciting episode all right perfect welcome back again guys um we are so excited to have a very special guest on anthony 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 thank you so much for joining us um Let's go ahead and, if you don't mind, we'll just have you introduce yourself, kind of give us a little bit about you, what currently you're doing. Um, we'll dive into so much of that, but like kind of currently what you're working and where you're working and all that good stuff. Sure. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Um, so I'm a PTA, physical therapist assistant, and uh, I've been a PTA since 2015. Uh, only in the state of New Jersey. Uh, I've been practicing basically only in outpatient orthopedics. Um, a few years back, though, uh, I kind of found that, uh, you know, my canine was limping, and uh, that's my boy Miles, and uh, basically tore his, his ACL, which is CCL in the dog world. Um, ah, didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so there's a little there's a little different stuff in the dog world. Um, but yeah, so he wound up tearing um, his ACL and uh, started limping a lot. Went to the vet, basically said, you know, since he's uh, getting close to a senior, his best bet is surgery. Um, because if it doesn't happen, what winds up happening is there's a, like a 50-50 shot of the other leg just blowing out as well. So, wow. of course... Do, a, do what's best for my bud, and uh, we get the surgery. Uh, unfortunately, uh, what happened was the 50-50 shot was against us, and the other leg blew out too. 
Mm. So we wound up getting, we wound up getting both legs, uh, you know, uh, corrected under surgery. And what wound up happening though, is the surgeon, uh, afterwards, uh, didn't really give us much of a rehab protocol, but more of a list of don't do's and just incremented walks. And eventually he'll be fine. So me coming mm. from the PT world was like, huh. <laughs> Blowing out an ACL, just walk it off. Yeah, not yeah. so much. So, you know, I, I told them that I was I was from the PT world, and you know, there's things I could do to help if you want me to, and this and that. And they still said no, and I was like, I feel like that's not the answer. So I wound up doing kind of like a nose dive into canine rehab, and uh, you know, it it existed. Um, just wasn't really well known. And mm-hmm. so from there, you know, doing this kind of nosedive into the, the rabbit hole, I was researching and there was really only two places uh, that did it. There was a place in University of Tennessee, um, their canine uh, rehab practitioner program and a place called uh, Canine Rehab Institute. And they're called, you know, Canine Rehab Therapist. So uh, I went to the University of Tennessee, just because of um, location, it was closer. Okay, <laughs> that so was you really already had all your PTA license and everything already. Done. Yeah, and since 2015, I yeah. was a PTA, right? So um, after that, I was already qualified to go get this certification. So as soon as you're a licensed PTA, um, you can go and get qualified for this certification. You just what apply. if you're still a student? Like you wouldn't be able to. So you have to be in the later years of your um, kind of license or certification okay. of a PTA. Yeah, you can't have just started your... your. Um... So they want you to have a little bit of human background before getting it? Yeah, but uh, like I said, you could still be a student, um, but you have to be probably, I think it's your last semester. Oh, okay. Yeah, so almost like you're know. finishing up your clinical. Yeah, yeah, you're basically. You're, exactly. And even <laughs> then, and even then, you can't take their certification exam until you get your license. So they, you can go okay. through the whole program, but you got to get your license first, and then you can take your certification exam. Yeah. How long okay. is that program? So uh, it's a great question because each program is actually different, and mm-hmm. there's now a third program in North Carolina. Uh, called a companion animal therapist, which is still a rehab therapist. Um, theirs actually seems to be a little shorter than University of Tennessee's, where um, you do two online modules, you do a week hands-on, uh, you do 20 hours of observation, three case studies. And then after that, once you're all qualified, you take the exam. So, I mean, that kind of time period it really just depends on you how quickly you Mm -hmm. get through the online modules because you have to pass all of those things and i think it's about uh, the university of tennessee's anyway was about probably 30 hours of knowledge there so you know once you once you kind of watch all the videos you know uh study from the books and stuff like that and you take their progression quizzes and you pass them uh then you qualify for the hands-on kind of uh courses which is only about a week, but uh, you're there like morning to kind of uh, early evening, like an all day thing. Um, but yeah, so I mean, that could be done if you're really gung ho, it could be done in, in three months if you have good contact with the director and everything, and you can get everything done. You have yourself set up with either a vet or a PT that's already done it with the observation hours and three case studies. I mean, 
case studies sound like a lot, but they're really not because while you're there observing, you're you should be taking doing... notes. And yeah, I mean, you should do <laughs> yeah. two for one right there. <laughs> two for one. It's yeah. A, yeah, it's a two for one right there. So um, what I would say though is, you know, it you know six months is probably a good average is what I would say. Okay. Um, but it's at your own pace too. Like it could take you a year. So you do the yeah. I was about to say it sounds like it's kind of cool because yeah. you you're not set in a time frame that you have to meet in a way. Correct. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so the canine rehab Institute, uh, I think was the first and then university of Tennessee came now, uh, North Carolina state is, this is their first year providing their CCAT program. So, uh, and canine rehab Institute moved from Florida to Missouri. Now, uh, university of Tennessee is still the same. And then, yeah, like I said, the North Carolina state. So, um, it's a mix of vets and PTs uh, as instructors as well, so it's pretty cool. Um, there's one that's an orthopedic surgeon, so it's really cool to pick his brain, obviously, because cool. yeah, it's always yeah. good to piggyback off of an orthopedic. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but what I would say is, you know, beyond the you know anatomy and physiology of a canine, and you know its kinematics and everything like that, everything's kind of just a review for you. So, um, just note that cause then they, they go into PT, right? So yeah. we know ultrasound, we, you know, we know East End, we know this stuff. I mean, they're showing you applications, which is, you know, it's great. Uh, but I would say probably halfway through the course, I was feeling a little bit more like a teacher's aide than a student, <laughs> you know, you're what? like, yeah, okay. I got this. <laughs> Once you kind of get everything down about the canine. And, you know, uh, even just their joints in general are very similar to ours. Obviously, they're walking mm-hmm. on all fours and we walk on twos. But, you know, they still have an elbow. They still have a shoulder. They still have a knee. They still have an ankle. Those kind of things. So um, they move in the directions that we move in that sense. So, uh, like I said, it's very easy to translate over to a canine. Now, don't get me wrong. They have more vertebrae. They have a few different muscles here and there. But for the most part, it's, you know, the major muscles that we need to know are very similar to human. So well, and as, the thing too as... is like we the concept doesn't really change on how movement goes because that's just straight up yeah kinematics in general. So it's just knowing how yeah. I mean, it's almost is and then it's, you're good to go. You know, not to not to say that we're the same, but if you put a human on all fours, you would technically you know be very PT them the same. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In in the programs, do they only do canines or do they touch on like horses or other animals at all? So, um, there's different programs. So okay, the whole um, program would change. Yeah. So even though most of the programs front run the, the canines, you can do felines as well. Um, but then they have a whole separate, uh, equine program as well. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's a now, whole separate certification how... and everything. Yeah. I know you, like you got into kind of wanting to dive down this field because of the fact of your puppy. Yeah. Um, but how did you go about it? Because, like, that's the biggest thing. I feel like a lot of people wouldn't know what to do. Like, me and Ken kind of did some because we, we've we heard about it. Um, we've never actually known anybody who's gone through it. But we did a little bit of research ourselves. But we were just kind of like, does this even, like, is this needed? Uh, do we have to have something? Like, where do you even start to look for someone? Like, there's just so many questions, I feel like, that are still out there that are so hard to find answers to. So how did you go about it? 
Totally. Um, well, you know, even before my dog, there was always something in the back end because, you know, I was hearing that more and more people are spending money on their dogs. Like they take care mm -hmm. of themselves more than their dogs. And I was hearing like dogs are getting massages, dogs are getting this. And I was like, huh, I wonder if dogs get PT. Um, and it was always in the back of my mind, but then, you know, once mine needed it, and that's, that was the nosedive. So yeah, I mean, the, the way I got my information, the way everybody gets their information was the internet. And then I did some outreaches to, you know, the programs themselves. And then I'm just, I was also just Google mapping places like canine rehab places because I was like, okay, well, if they exist, where are they? And is there abundance mm -hmm. or are they so far apart that, you know, maybe in my area it's needed, you know? Um, so yeah, good old fashioned internet. But then, you know, once you get in contact with the the director, they're, they're actually, they're so gung ho about canine rehab that they wind up, you know, indulging, you know, this is what we do. Here's where we do it. You know, uh, we'll teach you everything from pun intended nose to tail, but <laughs> um, you know, with that being said, always just know your state practice laws. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, once, <laughs> yeah, 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 we can jump so, into the practice laws. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but like once, you know, once you get in contact with them, you're, you're basically, you'll be set up for success. You just gotta go through it and everything like that. Um, but finding people, that's fun when that's you have to do ups. When you have to do observation, you know, I was I was taking 45 minute to an hour drive to do observations uh, and stuff because, somewhere. yeah, they they were they're not in abundance. But I have to say, since then, they've been growing more and more. Yeah. And I think that's a big thing is like we've heard it starting to come up more. It kind of was like, oh, yeah, there was kind of one or two here or there or something like that. But over the past years, I've kind of heard of it. I knew actually one of our clinical rotations uh, in school there was a place outside of Vegas itself, like Pahrump, which is a cut like 45 minutes away or a little bit longer than that. Mm -hmm. But they did a mix. They were both. They were animal rehab and they saw things from alpacas yeah. to <laughs> humans. And so like they, they got to get a little bit of a mix. And that's kind of like where I first kind of really heard about it. Yeah. I didn't take, I was not part of that one because I was, I didn't really want to drive that far, honestly. Um, but I heard about it, and it's just kind of like, okay, then I've heard someone here and there, but it's like, how does that differ from being a PTA than do you have to become a certified animal rehab to be a PTA to work in that field? Do your state practice law still go over who technically governs you? Is it a vet or is it a PT? Like, yeah. here's where all my questions <laughs> are going to start coming towards you. So, yeah. So one at a time, Laura. One at a here's, time. Here's the thing. To my knowledge, <laughs> out of all 50 states, none of mm -hmm. them require the actual certification, right? Okay. okay. So there is no law that states you need a certification to do animal rehab. Now, with that... Now. With that being said, <laughs> as of now, because again, this is growing, right? So, mm -hmm. and you know, things will change, laws will change, rules will change. The even the programs themselves will have to get some sort of like accreditation, I guess, uh, if they're yeah. not already. Um, but yeah, so you technically like a veterinarian can just decide to do an orthopedic surgery and then rehab it afterwards, and they're fine. A PT in the state of New Jersey can also see that animal after an orthopedic surgery. Now, um, the thing about New Jersey is it's very gray. 
right? Mm-hmm. And most of the times it's told that, you know, it's gray and just piggyback of your own practice laws, right? So if an animal is seeing you for physical therapy, a PT needs to see and do the evaluation and PTAs can do the treatments, right? Um, okay. So, but, you know, some grayness areas say, well, you still need a referral from a vet for that PT to see that um, animal for rehabilitation. Um, I would say most practices, including mine in New Jersey, uh, work with a vet. So that's mm-hmm. just that's just the way it is. It's just more of a safe house because we were the PT side. Like you become very hand in hand. Yeah, I mean, I, it's honestly it's a beneficial that there's collaboration there because PTs yeah. don't know more than vets do, and vets don't really know as much as PTs do in that translation. I mean, after mm-hmm. years and years of it, there could be like a parallel, but let's be honest, this is a growing field and it's still young. So there's, there's never mm-hmm. that, you know, hierarchy of, of either, but in, in that knowledge. So collaboration is the best, right? With the vet and the PT to get the optimal outcome for the animal. It's not about, you know, our vets better, or our PTs better, you know, let's do this together to actually yes. get the canine uh, better. So, yeah. So that's the deal with New Jersey. I know Pennsylvania, since I was looking in that area as well, um, Pennsylvania, you need supervision no matter what, uh, PT, it doesn't matter, uh, from a vet as well. Yeah. Yeah. So So, on-site supervision or are they just kind of supervising the case? Do you know? Yeah, I would say like general supervision. So they definitely need to be on the premises. Um, they don't always need to be watching you doing it, but you know, they need to be on the premises and reachable. You know, in that sense, mm-hmm. uh, if something happens with the canine or the PT needs to, you know, do something more or different, um, most of the times they're given the freedom, obviously. You know, it, in yeah. the state of New Jersey, it's it's almost like with a PT and a PTA, the PT is allowed to basically trust as much of talent as the PTA as possible. They're, the PTA is given as much freedom as the PT will give them in that mm-hmm. sense. But that's New Jersey. You know, every state's that's different. Same yeah. like Nevada, a little bit. Same yeah, thing. yeah. Um, like we uh, technically, we could do all the tests and measures for an eval and and give it right to them, and they say, okay, great, thanks for that, and they'll go go to the patient and say, all right, here's the diagnosis, assessment, this is and plan. What we got, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you know, uh, they got to do the paperwork. <laughs> correct, and it's it, it's the same in New Jersey. So, um, but yeah. So the other thing is, is vets being able to kind of oversee any licensed professional in New Jersey too, um, where, you know, whether it's PT, PTA, anything like that, even CBTs uh, can do the rehab as well, the certified vet uh, techs. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. But yeah, I mean, you can still, as a PTA, technically work as like a rehab assistant and still carry out treatments for the, the vet as well. Um, but okay. so can you be supervised just by the vet? Technically, yes. Not like even with, a PT with no yeah. PT there at all. Technically, yes. Would okay. that mean you're? There's no. There's no law that says you're not a PTA in or... New Jersey. There's no law that says you can't. Right. So yeah. again, this is why everything's very. <laughs> it's so iffy. There's there's yeah. no black and white. Right. So, mm-hmm. but as long as you're being monitored by a higher kind of superficial, uh, superficial supervisor in a sense of, or professional, I should say, um, you know, the vet almost is the PT of that animal anyway. So, mm-hmm. um, you're just, uh, kind of the rehab assistant in that sense. 
Yeah. No, that makes sense. It's just, it's interesting because it's, because I think about like our practice act in our state and it doesn't address any type of like animals at all. Like everything's in referred to as humans. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like, okay, well, if I want to see what Nevada does, it almost is like, I need to go look at vets. You need to look at both. Yes. Lots. You can't yeah. just look at so, your so physical you therapy. You need to look mm -hmm. at the, the vet side of things too. And that's how I figured out Pennsylvania. Um, yeah. because in the, the veterinary medicine practice act, it says that the vet has to supervise any other licensed professional. Doesn't mean it, they don't even say PT. They, they say they any other licensed anything, yeah. professional yeah. that's doing rehab. So there, makes... and you know, each, know. each year, those practice acts can change, right? So oh, yeah. <laughs> next year, yeah, it like could say a revision it right now, change. I'm sure. Oh yeah, well, exactly. Well, that's like a... <laughs> That's the curious thing I feel like about it is it's like, okay, who technically in the long run is this built? Who's going to get the final say? Well, I, to, I, know, rehab, I, I know that vets are, um, uh, they, they, the feel, they, they yeah. feel some type of way about it, for sure, that PTs are, are coming into their turf. But again, it, it piggybacks off of what I said before, where, you know, our knowledge and their knowledge should be more of like a team effort and a collaboration, mm -hmm. not a, you, I'm better than you or you're better than me. Yeah. Like we're trying to make yeah. the animal better. Don't forget guys. Like we're working on, you know, making that, that animal better. Not about, you know, <laughs> who's, who's supposed to be doing it. It's if we're yeah. both qualified, let's both do it together and get What's this animal mm -hmm. back to functional. To get the goal done. Yeah. Back to the functional goals. Like what, mm -hmm. what's the, what's the big deal in that sense? That's what, that's where it's all at. But, you know, there there's still a lot of vets out there that uh, don't like PTs coming into the uh, the sector for sure. Um, there's, I think there's no, a group. I can definitely, I think I there's can a group petitioning that, against it for sure. They're stepping on their toes and kind of Well, and, well my question is, is like those people who don't like it, are they doing rehab themselves? Or are they just not doing anything and don't want it to change? So some of the... Uh, certified uh therapist that i have shadowed i shadowed two pts and one vet and even though the vet was taking in pts and ptas to observe uh she was very uh, straightforward about how she just did not think pt should you know pts and pta should be in this world of rehab she was very straightforward about it but she's like you know there's nothing i can do i think she was i think she is a part of that group that is petitioning against uh, at least in New Jersey, anyway, that's petitioning against, um, you know, the PT world coming into animal rehab. Um, but she still employs a PT. I don't know. It's it's very weird. It was a very weird dynamic. I learned what I learned and I moved on. It was like awkward. <laughs> it was awkward because she still had a PT there and was still letting me observe, but saying, you know, um, well, at the same time, I really don't think you should be doing this. And you're like, oh, I was like, uh, what do I, what do I say to that? Like, yeah. I was like, Thanks. oh, okay. <laughs> I'm gonna be here, I guess. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I'm still finding a lot of veterinarians to just, you know, mainstream general practice veterinarians, uh, you know, still not even just believing in, in animal rehab in general. So it's not even just about, you know, vets doing it or PTs doing it, but how animal rehab still could be kind of like a, a waste of time where they think, you know, the surgery is good enough and the whole walk it out system, pain and meds and rest will, they'll eventually just get better. Um, so yeah. that's I'm kind sure of the that has worked and, and does work, in. but yeah, I mean, that was, you know, that was old school PT, right? 
old school PT. Mm-hmm. That was ortho- old school, just they any type of surgery too. Yeah, old, uh, old school. Yeah, I, I meant to say orthopedists used to just think their yeah. surgery was enough, and they gave whatever home exercises, and they were like, "Yeah, if you want to go to PT, sure. What you don't have to, like, you know what I mean? They never. Really we're still for we're it. still fighting that for some I'm, orthopedic I'm sure, surgery. Yeah, I'm sure in some areas. In um, but the nice thing is in human world is you know we can do research and back up because we can get people's also those opinions back they can verbalize how they're feeling after surgery after having rehab done mm-hmm. where an animal can't really verbalize hey i'm still having pain even though i'm not limping type thing yeah, yeah. um so um, there there's definitely a difference there you know like, it, it's definitely interesting uh you know working with an animal. Um, but there's, there's things out there. Colorado state put out a pain scale where it's, you know, it's, it's by body language and behavior, you know, mm-hmm. cause obviously they can't mm-hmm. talk. So they've gauged it by that, which is actually pretty helpful. Um, that's cool. I didn't know that was existed. Yeah. Yeah. So look it up Colorado state pain scale. They'll show you, uh, positions and behaviors, uh, of a dog and what they think is a, a pain scale from zero to four. Four being okay, the worst. Okay, so it's still numerical okay. too. So you can, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can we're using it on Duncan? <laughs> <laughs> so for my dog, when he was a pup, um, he fractured his leg. Okay. And they took that approach. They just splinted, casted it, and they're mm-hmm. like, "All right, here's some pain meds. Yeah. Uh, some sedation pills. Let him rest it off, and he'll be good." A lot of times, and then it's my sister, and rest, unfortunately, is like, "Oh, you're a PTA. Why don't you rehab him?" I'm like, um. This is kind of like I agree, like similar for sure, but yeah. still a little different. Like those behaviors, if you don't know how much that pain he is. Like it. Yeah, I mean, I could say honestly, you're you're just way more gentle with a canine than you are with a human. Not to say we're so aggressive with humans, but at least they can talk back saying, "Okay, that stretches a little much." You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, I've been um, there. But still, well, you're very in tune yeah. to what the animals move. <laughs> Is. you're like you don't got that verbal communication yeah. it's all about like that and what i think is good about these programs too is they go over behavior they go over dog handling they help you become kind of fear free as well in that sense and um a oh, lot of question i was gonna ask a lot of it a lot of it has to do with body language and a lot of times too you have to get through a couple of sessions for the dog to even trust you for like a full mm-hmm. legit stretch. Like these dogs are coming in with anxiety, have no idea what's going on. You're poking and prodding, you're moving their limbs, you're putting them in a box that fills up with water. You know what I mean? Like they, what is this place? And you know, their anxiety <laughs> is all over. So of course they're gonna be tense when you try to stretch them. Uh, the best thing you could do is, you know, be gentle, massage, feed them lots of treats, you know, until the owner tells that's you. That's what I was going to ask. Until the owner treats. tells you that's enough. bring their own treats? Do you have... Um, so, yeah, we, we come with ample treats. We do a lot of all-natural kind of, uh, like, beef and chickens and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some cases where the owner brings it in because, you know, their pet, they only like these special treats. So we're going to bring them in. That's what I'm all for it. Yeah, listen, I'm all I kind of want to see you do my dog just because my dog is, oh my gosh, he's like the biggest baby, but the bit, like he's big too. He's 83 pounds. Yeah. I mean, listen, I. He's not treat driven though. So like that. We have some like dogs. We... So we have some dogs that their anxiety is so high that a toy or a treat does nothing. So all, all you have to do is position yourself and talk with the owner and just make them feel comfortable. You have to get down to their level, right? You have to just, sometimes I'm lying down on my, my hand in like <laughs> calendar girl position, just trying to pet the dog. 
so that the dog thinks I'm trustworthy, or at least, you know, uh, some cases you don't even actually get, you know, treatment in. It's more of like getting the dog's trust Building first. Yeah, you know, and you're getting some of the treatment in with like laser or shockwave, but you know, all right, treadmills next time. Like we, the hour's up. We gotta go. Um, because there's some dogs that are rescues that are skittish because we don't know their history. So, you know, a lot of times they're hiding behind their owners and, you know, they're like, what's, what is this place? We're enclosed. What am I doing here? So what the hell did you bring me? Yeah. That's that's the face that my dog gives me. And then again, you have somebody now that if we can get them to even lay down or stay still, you have somebody poking and prodding in their pain area. So again, like what's going on here? Like, so. Yeah. Um, as as far as the owners, do most of them stay? Do they drop them off? Um, what's the relationship there? So, um, like yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is it, do they feel like it's daycare? Like, hey, here's right. my dog. Take care of it. All right, I'll be back in an hour, right? Okay, cool. So, yeah, yes, the all of the above. In the COVID era, it was drop off, right? COVID mm-hmm. era, it was drop off because we're trying to minimize how many people are together, right? COVID started to die down in that sense where, you know, we could start to allow people back in the building. And some people got so used to just dropping off that they're like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to drop off and run air. <laughs> OK, great. We'll let you know how it goes. <laughs> You're like, then, me. I, I know this dog. Yeah. <laughs> and then and but yeah, most of the times the drops off, the drop offs are dogs that, have you know, are basically conditioned and, you know, on on the fourth phase of care where it's just, you know, maintenance and making sure injury prevention and that stuff. Right. Um, but every time a new dog comes in, we actually encourage, uh, the pet parents to come in as well. We try to empower them because just like in regular PT, what we're doing is we're, we're facilitating and we're educating so that the goal for you is to no longer come to PT, right? Like that's our goal in, in all of PT, whether it's animal or human. So from the get-go, we empower the, the pet parent and we give them home exercises right away and this is what you need to do. And they're also watching us do it in the facility so that eventually we do, you know, with each phase, knock down the protocols of the frequency and that, mm-hmm. you know, this pet parent now knows how to take care of their dog so that they no longer have to come to PT. So we encourage it. Not everybody does it. Um, uh, and not everybody does the home exercise programs, even when it even when it comes to their animals, even when it comes to animals, we can demonstrate. I have a home exercise program that literally has videos that you can watch. You can do it with them, uh, with the videos. Uh, at the end of the day, they said, we just can't do it like you can, you know, our dog just won't cooperate like it does with you. And I'm just like, well, you know, I feel like they would cooperate better with you than me, but okay, sure. Whatever. They're like, I'm not used to you doing it. You have to get doing it. Yeah. yeah. You doing it. And then I'm like, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So, you know, then sometimes it's, you know, when we reeducate, then we do see the, the animal actually getting better quicker because, you know, the parents are actually starting to do the home exercise programs sometimes they just just like humans (laughs) sometimes they just leave it to us and i kind of say well if you can't do the home exercise program just so you know it could take a little longer uh for your functional goals to be met so just wanted to give you that heads up but yeah so we basically try to encourage a stay but if you want to do a drop off you can for sure and it really does depend too on how the 
animal performs, right? So we've had. We've, I was going to ask about like their temperament. Yeah, we've that's, we've that's even had like split sessions where they stay and then and then they go, right? So like when we're doing uh, treatment like laser and shock wave, their anxiety is so much when their pet parent's there that they don't stay still. And then when the pet parent leaves, mm. you know they whine a little bit, but at least their body is staying still. And then sometimes when we get them in the underwater treadmill. They're not very compliant with us, but if their pet parents there egging them on, then they're walking. So again, sometimes it's a it's a split up, or yeah, how the dog really reacts to the pet parent being there, whether they're compliant or non-compliant when they're there. I laugh because uh, whenever you talk about the underwater treadmill, I just think of my dog. So my dog's a massive <laughs> thing, so he's a big boy. Okay. He, he, you know, I'm five seven, and his paws. He's head height with me when he gets on yeah, his hind legs. I, so he's a big he's a big boy, but I just laugh because the first time we gave him a bath um, in a raised tub, so he was just in it and he was hooked up. He tried to hang himself, and I'm literally oh, just like God. thinking of like him in the underwater treadmill trying to jump out. Yeah, half like having a leash on. I'm like, oh my gosh, that would be so funny to watch. But like, how do you deal with like some of that? Because like my dog is definitely one that like new things he does not do well with but the more consistent you are with something like that he does start to get better and he adapts to it a little bit better um so i'm sure like there's all sorts of animals you've had aggressive dogs yeah. you've had you know ones who are just like i'll do whatever you want and then dogs who come just, in with just feed me treats. right yeah, yeah. My, mine like you can give <laughs> treats up the yin yang and he's like f that no um but like for example when he goes to the vet to get his nails trimmed we have to drug him. We have to give him anxiety yeah. medication because they're like, yeah, he's a big boy. <laughs> so like, how do you guys go about that differently? Do you guys, if you guys have a dog who's very high anxiety where you can't get anything done, does the vet like recommend certain medication for them? Do you reach out to the vet? Like that's where my brain is right now. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, we've definitely gone that route before where we, we've told the pet parent, you know, do you have anxiety you know, things, supplements, this or that, medications mm -hmm. that you could use if they're super anxious and stuff like that. Sometimes that doesn't even work. Uh, some dogs are so anxious in a box that fills up with water and then the ground moves that they have no rationale for it and they just freak out, right? They just, in their brain, nothing makes sense. Get me out of here. My primal instincts are kicking in. Oh, no. Yeah, like, yeah. this is apocalypse. <laughs> I'm supposed to be running for higher ground, right? Like... <laughs> This is what my primal instincts oh my gosh, are saying. I can it. <laughs> but, you know, um, a lot of times it is repetition, right? And dogs yeah. are very adaptable to routine. If you keep creating that routine, then they will eventually walk. Now, there's a very low percentage, I'd say 5% or less uh, dogs will uh, not go in the treadmill because they just they, they won't do it. I just had one recently. He just won't do it. He's a shepherd mix. His pet parents were there, food, toys, this, that, you know, we were in the tank, we were out of the tank, just won't do it. He's like, he do you know freaks how long out. it takes to blow dry my hair? That's what yeah. he's thinking. Well, he's, uh, well the, the worst part about it is he's freaking out and he has, you know, he's coming in for back pain and he's going all over the place. I'm like, all right, well, this is not good yeah, for his so back, so let's get him out and let's do something else, right? Because the underwater treadmill is not an end-all you know, be all, uh, there are some practices that don't even have it and get great results, you know? So, but yeah, I mean, listen, I've, I, I had a, a 200 plus pound Newfoundland, uh, get, uh, ACL, uh, repair 
And boy, oh boy, is he fun to try to get in the tank. So, oh, and it's mostly the big dog, the big dogs that are such babies they're and like want to collapse and don't want to go in. You know, you won't move me. Like scared of ramps. Like we have a ramp that goes into the treadmill so you can get in safely. He's like hell, no. nothing. He's like uh. so. What what do we do? One person takes the front, the other ter- person takes the back, and we're trying to lift this guy in, and we're just trying to get him in there. Um, you need to get a Hoyer lift. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, seriously, seriously. But then you know uh, what we do is we have like steps and stools around the tank where you know we try to bring things down to their eye level to minimize jumping because we don't want them jumping, mm-hmm. whether it's back pain or you know fresh off the boat uh, surgery stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and we're also petting their head to make sure that their head is technically controlled, right? So if their head's controlled, they can't really jump up either. Mm-hmm. Um, so those kind of techniques, I mean, we still have jumpers no matter what, uh, we just try to minimize it as much as possible. They're wearing a vest with a handle on it too. So we try to contain them that way. Uh, you know, I can tell you some of my crew, uh, aren't always happy with the bigger dogs because <laughs> they're a lot of work, <laughs> but yeah, we've had great Danes. We have Newfoundlands, uh, where we have lean burgers, but they usually give you good lot of loves afterwards. Oh, it's my dog. My dog's oh, they're like, mushes. They're mushes, but they're also the I biggest, they're the biggest, the babies. biggest babies, <laughs> the biggest scaredy cats, like anything yes. that they have to do stabilization wise, like wobble boards, boom, just drop down. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. <laughs> Can't make me do it. I'm heavy. I know it. You can't. I know my. You ways. can't make that. <laughs> exactly. So he um, goes. I can bite you all day long, but I yeah. Have no meanwhile, you yeah. Meanwhile, the medium and small dogs are like trotting through the treadmill like they're having a ball. You know, some of the some of the pups we can throw in like you know toys and everything, and it, for them it's like this is a playground. You know, they're like this right. is great. Yeah. yeah. So. um but yeah, so there's a there's a few techniques we do try before we you know discontinue a underwater treadmill, uh, but for the most part they work. There's just a low percentage that you know it just just doesn't happen. It just doesn't. So. Which is that's that's like anything we do. Even working with humans, you can try, you know, one thing with yeah. one person. Like for example, e step. Yeah. Most people, most people love oh, it, yeah. but you get those one offs that are like, I hate that feeling. It feels like ants are crawling. Yeah, like, like super sensitive. Okay. Like, like you were supposed to know that, okay? Yeah. All right, guys. So that is it for part one. It um, is to be continued. Yes. So we have so much more we're discussing. Dis- discussing. <laughs> Get it together, Laura. I got <laughs> right, you. Don't worry. So- um, be sure to do all the things like comment, share. Um, in the description below, we left links to um, his pages, his emails, the programs. If you're interested into animal rehab, we'll leave all those in the description below. Um, and follow us on Instagram. Check out the YouTube. Join the Discord. All the things. And, and until then, we'll, we'll catch you in part two. Yeah, which will be this Friday. So we'll talk to you soon. Fiend. The information in this video or podcast is not intended nor implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. All content, including text, graphics, images, and information contained in this video or podcast is for general information purposes only 
and does not replace your professors or a consultation from your own doctor or healthcare professional.